This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I am editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. Our guest today has mastered turning adversity into triumph, whether on the football field by becoming a Super Bowl champion in 2013 or on Lice Field, where he faced homelessness and then became an incredible husband and father of four. Michael, Michael Orr is here today to discuss his newest book, When Your Back's Against the Wall, Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity. Got a copy of it right here. I'm going to hold it up for the cameras on radio. You can't see it as well. His book signing is today, Monday, here at Lemuria Books. And we're going to talk a little bit about his time in the NFL, his life as a Super Bowl champion, how he beat the odds in the Orr Foundation, and much, much more. Uh, Michael, I can't tell you what a huge honor this is to have you in studio and get to meet you. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you. It's an honor for me to be back in Mississippi. It's been, uh, don't get down too often, but uh, it's an honor. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, loved Mississippi. It gave me so much and actually spent a lot of time. I, I feel like I'm from Mississippi rather than Tennessee. Um, the amount of time I spent here you know, going to college and even after. So, uh, no, it's a it's an honor and, you know, looking forward to everyone coming out today to the signing. Well, you know, everybody in, in Mississippi always says that Memphis is the true capital of Mississippi anyway. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll and of course, you did spend some quality time at Ole Miss too, playing some really good football. So you're you're Mississippi. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. You know, you know, it's nothing like, uh, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, you know, that good old soul food and being in the South and you don't have to be so uh, politically correct all the time and you, you can just be yourself. So, you know, that's what. I've always uh, enjoyed about it all and, you know, even doing this book right here, just being yourself. And it's a quote that you, know, you t- told me earlier and I loved and it was about, you know, getting back to who you are, getting back to the roots and yeah. uh, chasing your true identity and your soul and not being so fearful of what to come and uh, just being you. I-, I think it's the most important a tool that you can have as a person and you kind of get away from that uh, and forget that foundation and what got you to where you were you uh, want to go and where you are and you know when you get off course just think back to where you started and the journey that you that you were on and the the fundamentals and uh, the plan that you put in place and It'll set you right back on the right course. Michael, we, a lot of us got to know you through the book and then the movie, The Blind Side. But in a way, we didn't get to know you. And, and I think you did a really good job with your first book, um, I Beat the Odds, which was a fantastic New York Times bestselling Thank book. You, Congratulations. Uh, and But this book, I think it goes beyond that even that I think that when you read this book, you understand the fire that burns inside of Michael Orr. And, and um, it's great on many different levels. Number one, you understand, and you do a good job telling a little bit about your backstory, and that's great. But you also talk about, you give nine tips that can help. And I think anybody who picks this book up, and it helped me, and I'll be really honest with you, I'd not, 
super fawning all the time about every book I read, I promise. <laughs> um, I literally picked it up after I'd had surgery last week and sat down and read, read it. And, and it absolutely helped get me through that. And But it also helped me get through a time, you know, when I'm like, here I am at a certain point in my life where I feel like my career is changing and everything else. And you look at what happened to you. Because um, when, when you left us at the end of I Beat the Odds, man, you were on top of the world. You were like literally in the NFL. You, you had great things yet ahead of you and everything else. And then as life sometimes does, it pulled the rug out from under you. One hit. It took one hit. And your life totally changed. And, you know, there's a lot of things in this book that, that and, and we'll, I'll get you to talk about in just a second. There's a lot of things in this book that really impressed me. Your story about how you overcame your concussion absolutely moved me and made me realize that you are a man of steel. Yeah, because <laughs> anybody's ever had a concussion, folks. Uh, I thought you Superman. Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, well, okay, what's your kryptonite? That's a, I'll tell you what mine is. It's fried food. I love fried food, but... um no, I mean, seriously. Uh, food anybody, and beverage for me as well. Jesus, God, yeah, it, it then, won't let me be great. It, yeah, I'm always chasing a diet. I mean, I'm always starting over. Let me ask you uh, on Trace that. Trace is here. Yeah. Trace is here right now. She's She's got a big old grin. She, yeah, she, she, she says, knows. Uh, uh, stop with the day ones. Just can make it a lifestyle. You know, you, it's hard. It's hard. But, uh, you know, it's just been from the South. We, oh, yeah. And especially... Uh, just thinking about that, we'll get back to what we're talking about. But oh, no, Oxford. I, how did you survive in Oxford? Because there is so much good food in Oxford. I'm always on a diet, like yeah, I said. <laughs> but yeah, when, you, you, coaches, when, you, I guess. when you grow up and you don't have anything, yeah. it's hard for you to – you can't go and decide what you want to eat, and you have to take the scraps and just take anything you have. And, you know, when you're able to get out here and I can go get this and I can, or I can buy this and make this at home, I love grilling and <laughs> – Man, I, I, that's just what I want to do. Three hundred and sixty-five days, but I bet know. when you're grilling for your circle, your friends are over. That is a heck of a party. Oh, you can't. Oh, that's something I love more than anything. Sitting on a patio, look, listening to uh, juke joint music, and you know, having a time. I mean, it's uh, that's what that's what I was chasing. All of my young life yeah. is that right there, and you can't get enough of it. I, I think there was one section that moved me. You weren't in school, and which meant that you were deprived of five meals. You know, a lot of people don't think about that when you're homeless and you're not going to school, because obviously school provides a free lunch every day, right? The fact that you went and sold newspapers so that you could get that meal on that. And, and I grew up a million miles away from Hurt Village, yeah. so I have no idea of what you went through and what forged you, and it forged you, Right. But that was some of the most moving parts of the book to me was the fact that you got up every day, you set an alarm because you realized that you needed to get out there and get busy to make things happen. Yeah, that's uh, I, I understood that as an earlier, early uh, as a kid. It's like I said earlier, at three years old, I was my first memory is homeless. And yeah. after that, and you're in and out of foster care and shelters and uh, you get tired that early at 10 years old you're considered a you're you're almost an adult and yeah. the environment that I grew up in it's time to start thinking about helping the family out helping um just just doing your part because in a few years when you turn 18 I mean you're on your own no one to it's over for you so I didn't have many people that I looked up to mentors and Everyone around me 
was no role model. So I, I took it upon myself to get out, find jobs and sell newspapers and do any and everything that I had to steal uh, from grocery stores just to put food in the in the refrigerator or when I could. So, uh, you know, I developed that early on, just being a leader and just uh, just trying to be something different than everything that was around me. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if it was the right thing, you know, if it was uh, I, I just knew it was it was better than anything else that I could be doing. So, um, you know, it, it was it motivated me just to be you know something different. There were so many easy paths you could have taken that would have taken you down a bad path, but you didn't take them. You always managed to take the right the right path. That's pretty amazing for any kid to do, no matter one that's having a struggle for the next meal. Yeah, it is. And when I think of, think back on it, I, I often think uh, what made me do it. And I, I think it was big, bigger than me mm-hmm. uh, the entire time. Uh, I'm one of the, I feel one of the tougher uh, people mentally, but I think it was a purpose. I know it's young people out there that's not going to get the opportunities or not going to be afforded the resources just like I uh, wasn't. But they're not going to be my size. They're not going to be able to play sports. They're not going to be in entertainment. You know, they're not going to get those opportunities I got because of uh, what I was able to do. And for me, I want to be able to continue to give back to those who because I know I knew I grew up around so many of those young people who had they been given an opportunity, they would have been just as successful in something else. So all those things that I went through, uh, I, I knew it was looking back. I, it was a purpose behind it. And, you know, it, they say, would you do it again? I, I would probably wouldn't, but no, but <laughs> no, no I, I would because it builds character uh, it, it helped me become who I am. And the thrill of it all is seeing the young girls going through the Or Foundation this year who started school uh, and will be afforded that education uh, through the Or Foundation and through our opportunity uh, program, spotlight program. And th- that right there is going to change the trajectory of their life and they would be so much more, and I couldn't be proud, more proud, or of anything else, to be able to know that you're changing lives in that way, and and all it took for me was to do the right thing, and that was easy for me just to do the right thing, and that was just going to school, that was going to school every day, uh, not getting involved in the environment and the drugs and the gangs, and and I easily could. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was going down that path, but I saw a purpose and I started to separate myself from those other kids that I was around because, you know, I, I was a, I've always been a, a leader by action. So you have to separate yourself and you have to understand that in order for you to reach and go where you want to go, we have special- sometimes you have okay. to be alone. Yeah, we have a special guest, Michael Orr's in the studio. Um, his new book is When Your Back's Against the Wall. It's Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity. 
You're signing books today at Lemuria here in Jackson. Uh, what time is your book signing? Five o'clock. Excellent. Uh, Five good to chance. seven. You're, by, by the way, you're going to love meeting him. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to meet you and get to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I was a fan before, but, <laughs> but you know, I really do like the book. And, and not to spoil the book, uh, but I will say that it has a very happy ending because you were literally paying the blessings you've gotten forward and with the Michael Orr with Foundation. How many kids are going through that right now? Uh, this year we got two that started Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. Awesome. We partner with schools uh, that have a great education background. And through the foundation, we place a success coordinator yeah. uh, staff inside the school. And it's about mentorship and surrounding the kids with community. Uh, and education is key. And what that su- success coordinator does, they're there for those kids every day. Something, it's a mentor, someone that they can talk to. And they won't be able to get when they're at home yeah. because I didn't have that until, you know, 16 years old. That's when I first started to see different people doing positive things. So to have someone, they're already in a great environment, but to have someone they can come and talk to and talk about life skills, talk about where I want to go to college, talk about career and where I want to be in life and surrounded by all of that mentally, geez, I mean, that's tons and tons of motivation and wow this is now you're talking on mpb think radio special a special episode today hope you've enjoyed it so far i've loved it we got a great guest michael orr is here yeah you remember him you know there was a little movie called the blind side but folks that movie was good in a lot of ways but really honestly his new book when your back's against the wall fame football lessons learned through a lifetime of adversity is 10 times better because you get to discover a little bit about the guy behind everything and you understand you know you got the flame you got the purpose and your purpose now obviously Obviously, is helping out uh, people that are following along in the same path that you followed in. And we will talk a little bit more about that. Jermaine is in the studio as well. Jermaine, man, number one, it's always good to see you. Thank you for for being awesome. No. I'm glad you survived the rodeo last week. I did. Thank you yeah. for being awesome, too. But I wanted to okay, tell... Okay, uh, how much is that going to cost me? <laughs> Every time she says something nice, it costs me 10 bucks. I wanted to say one to Mr. Ower. I thank you so much for coming on. Now you're talking with Marsha Ramsey. And two to our thank audience, you. right now we are live on Facebook. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. So you can go to MPB's Facebook and YouTube pages and you can see Marshall's beautiful face. Right oh, next. No, to, I'm holding up the book. That's right even next better to Super looking. Bowl champion Michael Owen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> now I hope the camera's on him more than it's it on is. me. It that's, is. Thank you. It I appreciate is. that as well. Okay. You know they always say that. Um, I think you had a quote in there, and I'm going to try to find it in my notes. It was something to the tune of if you if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yep. And number one, I mean, you have got a really tight circle of folks, and I would I would dare to say that the second best ring that you ever received was your Super Bowl ring. That your wedding ring probably was number one. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a chance right here for you to say something nice to get you out of any trouble you might be in. So <laughs> no, just let you. No, that's, yeah, that's definitely the most important thing. It's, you know, for me with that, we just got married in November, but it's it goes back to what you said earlier. Uh, with that is growing and learning and yeah. uh, having that and bringing everything all together and making it make sense. But with that comes time and nothing, patience and uh, growing. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing when you have something I've been wanting all my life, uh, what I've been chasing. Yeah. Uh, things get derailed. And I think the most important part about it all, uh, 
you know, it it's comes with a healing process as you well. You got a family now. Yeah. So it, it, it's great. I can be who I am yeah. back to the, you know, person that I've always uh, wanted to be. You know, when you get derailed, you kind of lose a sense of who you are. So, you know, being someone who I can guide and uh, take my family to even better heights is bigger and better things. It's, uh, it's incredible. You know, you've been on top of the mountaintop. I, I can't even imagine how you felt at the end of that game when you were a Super Bowl champion. I mean, I just, okay, number one, I didn't get past 12th grade play football. <laughs> so no, I would have no idea, but that, that had to be amazing. And literally you figured you were going to do the Ray Lewis and have the, the long career. Like that was, that was his final game. And, you know, you were looking forward to the day when you could after 22 or whatever seasons that you could have it <laughs> one hit, one hit changed the trajectory of, of your whole life and your whole career. That had to be so incredibly scary. Um, but you weren't alone. You had people there that kind of helped you and helped kind of keep you afloat before you could start swimming again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Super Bowl. You know, that's a feeling that I've chased uh, since I started even thinking about uh, football uh, 10 years old, you know, being a big yeah. Dallas Cowboy fan and, you know, going through high school and college and uh, losing the playoffs the first few years. And, you know, the, the Super Bowl is the pinnacle to me of all sports because everyone around the globe is sitting around and uh, just enjoying one game so to win that you can't I mean you you so much weight falls off your shoulders because it's hard to even imagine the feeling that you get especially for me coming from the very bottom and not even seeing and and being able to imagine something like that from where I'm from and to be there to win it uh it'll be forever be surreal to me and yeah, my when I started football, playing football, and my my goal was to be in Canton, Ohio, and be a Hall of Fame yeah. uh, football player and be a perennial All Pro, and to be the best offensive tackle to ever play the game was my goal, and that's how that's how hard I worked uh, at it. But you know, things you know, this was year eight for me, and. Still had, still had time. Still wanted to play the game for a long time, and you know, I've always been the first one in the building, last one out since I can remember. And uh, you know, to have something happen to you that is out of your control, you know, the, the, like I always said, a mind is the most powerful tool. Uh, a broken bone, a, a twisted ankle, knee, or some. I've always been able – I've played through injury after injury. I probably should have missed an entire career of games, the amount of injuries and hurt things I've played through. But mentally, you you have to be at 100% capacity to do anything great. And NFL is – that's one of them. And to have your – have something you chased since you were a kid taken away definitely was one of the toughest things to ever happen to me. But – I've always had the fire as well inside, like you said, but you can't do everything alone. And I started this journey alone. And that was, and I just thought at the time that I can get through this alone. And then after so long, you realize that 
you have to be vulnerable. You need help. You need someone to talk to. You need someone to help you get out of this. Even though you have that close circle, those that close knit, but when you have to be, think the way that I've thought for so long, you just think you can do it. And luckily I had uh, people that I can talk to. Uh, of course, my wife and a couple uh, close friends and, you know, that help you continue to pull through. And then the final pieces, the want to mm-hmm. that I had, that I knew that I had a bigger purpose and I had other people that was counting on me to get out of those dark times. So you start to fight and you see a crack of light and then you just you just continue to go. You're crawling and you're walking and you think it that you're you, you start to you think it in the beginning that you'll never get back to that person that you once were. But uh, through help to this day right here, my circle is getting me back to who I was and still healing and still becoming that person I was uh, prior to prior to uh, when all these stories uh, were created, but that's the most important thing for me. That scares. Even I thought about this the other day. It scared me. That frightened me more than anything. Not being the that young kid I was when I uh, when I started this journey. The personality, just everything. You know, you you get it taken away from you, and things that are are out of your control, and you just continue to fight. And you you're you're eventually get back on course you should never have ever 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 have any doubt what you're capable of by the way after you've pulled through that too um jamarca sanford batesville mississippi oh yeah <laughs> yeah he, he would definitely be person number one they'd call you up and tell you to, to get going he, he's been a great friend hadn't he oh man tremendous uh that's one thing i i love about him he's I mean, he's not the biggest or the, uh, or the anything, but man. See, I loved your face lit up when I said his name. That was uh, great. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's one uh, person that you need in your foxhole right there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about somebody you can count on uh, any given day, no matter what you're going through. And he's just going to encourage you and make sure you need, you know, when you think about having great friends and great people around you. You need someone who knows the second that your demeanor changes, your personality is not the same. You need someone who knows how you, your your body language. Those are the people that you need around you that knows that can sense the slightest thing. Even you can you can't even fake it, you know. So that's those those are the type people that you need in your circle. Well, you it had you, you had the incident with the Uber driver, which those charges got dropped and, and, and had a happy ending to that. He he just right away said, are you OK, buddy? He, he's like he knew something was wrong. That's what a good friend does. For sure. Yeah. Like I said, you're not yourself. Yeah. And you might not you might think everything is OK, that you're thinking that, uh, that you're fine. Yeah. But the slightest thing, that's that's when, you know, you have the right people around you and help you get through those tough times yeah. and it's easier it's easier mentally it goes back to when i was a kid every day i was trying to get up and go to school on my own and uh bypass everything negative around me and i'm wondering at the end of the day geez i'm trying to do the right thing but i'm still in the same situation yeah. so that's a lot of wear and tear so you need someone to help 
every day, whenever you need it, whenever you're feeling down, to get you back on track. They let you know that don't worry, you're going to be fine. Just continue to do the steps, stay to keep the plan in place, and you, you'll be fine. Don't worry about that. It helps put you at peace and, okay, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm not where I want to be right now, but I'm going to continue to fight. I'm going to continue to do the things and work through them and get the job done. I really appreciate your openness and your candor about mental health and, and especially professional athletes. Um, it's, I think, a lot of people – and when we've seen that with so many, you know, big time celebrities or whatever, you know, they get called out on social media or whatever because they're having mental health issues. But at the end of the day, you're a human being and you're out there and you're performing. And, and, and that's a very difficult thing to do. And I appreciate that. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Coach Judd because um, – and once again – the new book is When Your Back's Against the Wall. And this is one of my favorite parts. And so you're in Granny White Park, right? So this is a park <laughs> yeah. in Brentwood, Tennessee. You're at the point now where you see that little crack of light and you're crawling. And some guy just comes up and walks to walks up to you and says, I'm going to start praying for you. And I don't know about you. I usually like say thank you, but I'm kind of like, okay, he's going to take my wallet or something. You know, you just kind of wonder when somebody's that open. I know I was in an okay area. <laughs> But that, but this, this, yeah, well, you know, probably, you know, it's kind of dicey, you know, um, but the thing that I thought was so wonderful about it, how he, he ends up folding himself into your life on that. And this guy turns out to be, and of course I like it cause he went to university of Tennessee, yeah. but I'm a little biased like that. For sure. But, um, I know how you thought he go. Oh, hey, so no, yeah, make you it's all good. But he, but you guys what, are on the East. We don't have to see you too much. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not worried. Trust me, we got Lane behind us. We scored a ton, ton of points, and you know, we're it, gonna be fine. It's so weird being a Tennessee fan. I have all kinds of weird <laughs> feelings about Lane. I, sometimes I want to burn a mattress, but other times I really respect I mean, what he's doing. The success he has, I mean, I tell it's you what, just probably jealousy. Jealousy. You know, he he continued to. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel's doing okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's okay. a great season. I mean, great like, season last year. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. But, <laughs> no, trust me, I got a couple. That's that SEC talk. Oh, man, I, I love it. It's we're having, this, I can't we're wait having that Saturday. same talk right now. I got to have with my boys. I, I so, can't wait yeah. till Saturday come. Oh, man, that's the most important. Well, it's one. Of, you know, a lot of days are important to me, but <laughs> that's Saturday. That first college Saturday. Wow. I, you have your routines. For me, I get up and. Hurry up and get to the gym. Get my cardio out. I, you know, get on get on a cardio machine and I start watching that first game. Do you have friends he, over? Or do you sit there and scream at the television by yourself? I, I love watching all the games by myself a lot of the times. So, yeah. I mean, I, the distractions. Are Football. you as funny as the Mannings? Um, I just enjoy just everything. Yeah. I know <laughs> I can't be at times, but no, I, I just enjoy and relax and just take it all in. It, it's such a Especially when the weather's great and man, you you got the you got the, the teams that you enjoy. You're just watching them. It's it's uh it, because for me it uh it, it's it helped me to become who I am yeah. and just to see the young athletes uh, doing what they love. Uh, it means a little bit more to me, but I, I just enjoy it all. I loved in the book when you were talking about how. When you got to college, you know, suddenly you're like, hey, I'm getting meals. I'm getting a bed. <laughs> this is my job. I mean, your attitude and the coaches knew it, too. If it was out drizzling, you were going to be the first one out there. You didn't you weren't hoping practice got, got called off. No, so, I, I absolutely. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> man, that's why my body feel the way it does, because I every day was a game day for me. Yeah. I was sitting in the meeting room, the team meeting before we went out to practice, and I was nervous like a game day. So I was about to go to war every day. That's just how I had to to go about it. I just loved it that much, <laughs> you know. And uh, no college. When I first stepped on the college campus of Ole Miss, 
walking through the Grove, I, I just enjoyed every time I got to walk through through the Grove every day. But the first time I stepped on campus was my slate was – everything was wiped clean for me. And I felt for the next three, four years that I, I would have a, a place to stay every day and you couldn't kick me out or I was going to have meals every day. And so I enjoyed that part of it. I knew – I felt that success and everything that I worked toward, that was it. And I didn't take it for granted. I had a sense of – even in life – uh, with everything, it, it's about sense of urgency. I think people take the seconds and minutes and hours for granted, and you have to have a sense of urgency, and it goes by so fast. You think you have the time, and you don't. Um, so I, I, I didn't take anything for granted. I just enjoyed just walking across campus. I I, I keep saying campus because we, we actually have the – it's a beautiful campus, and no one else feels the way uh, oh, uh, uh, a University of Mississippi student feels when they walk across campus. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I'm just throwing a little shade, yeah, but no, we. Oh, the, even, light, the even phones the are lighting up all Saturday. from Starkville yeah, for some yeah, reason. Exactly. I don't, you know. Jeez, let's not talk about that. I mean, okay. they'll, they'll never get that feeling. Uh-oh. No, it just can't happen. Okay. <laughs> so if you really, really want to talk to Michael Ward, go to Lemuria Books today. Yeah, five we'll o'clock, talk about but, it later. But, but buy a book first, yeah, right? Yeah, so we definitely. can't argue about football till later. But that's awesome. But that's, but that, you know, Thanksgiving's always so much fun here in Mississippi anyway. No, it, it, Thanksgiving's awesome. Get yeah. those guys uh, battling. Isn't that crazy? It doesn't matter who's the underdog. They're probably going to end up winning because there's just so much emotion uh, around and that I game. I can't stand it because we're always not the underdog. And yeah. they can't, you know, they derail the end of our season a lot because they they know that's all they're playing for. We're actually trying to move on to bigger <laughs> things and national titles and, you know, stuff like that. So, no, but it's uh, it's all fun and games. <laughs> so, See, I love Michael Hort talking that was smack actually right Mississippi, here on MPB. Mississippi State was actually the first uh, unofficial visit I went to. Really? Yeah, down oh, wow. in Starkville. Who was coach then? I was trying to trying to think about it should that. Should have been uh, uh, one. He was the assistant coach. That was uh, Jackie Sherrill. Was it Jackie Sherrill that year? I think yeah, when I was started, getting recruited. Yeah, you started with Ogeron and then moved to Hugh Freeze pretty quickly at that point. And it's no, cool. I didn't play on the coach uh, Freeze. Oh, you but, didn't play after. But to go back to that game right yeah. there, they lost to LSU 45 to nothing. Okay. So I have to go back and look at the score, but it was a lopsided victory. That's always said, a bad And it was cold. I said, geez, I can't, I can't deal with this every week. No, I'm joking again. <laughs> Well, since, since I did make the mistake on Hugh Freeze, part of it's just because I'm old and I can't yeah. remember anything anymore on time. I don't know about you, but I'm just sitting here looking at the years you played. I was like, wasn't that last week? No. It, I mean, it's even like. Even when people whew. think about me, it's, uh, you know, with everything, you know, you got to move in every, you know, yeah. time doesn't, seems like it just happened yesterday. But, you know, it. it Quite a few years, but yeah. Wait till your kids are in college; yeah. that'll mess with you. Well, really, yeah. You're like, when do they start letting kids go to college? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Time is not waiting on us. You have to stay positive. You have to, you know, it keeps you young. You have to yeah. keep the energy going. You can't let uh, any everything, any and everything, get to you. Well, that's that's why they're age you. That's one thing I love in the book. Like I said, you got a playbook in there. You got nine steps for folks, and the number one is one two. Which I think is such a huge part of it, and um, definitely. And like, it's, there was one point in here, and I forgot what it was. It said you got to treat a problem that you have like a math problem. It said you were good at all the other things, but math was something you really had to learn because it was literally starting with the beginning and having to work your way through it through steps. Yeah, that is so life, right there. No, it is, and that's why I love math. When I finally caught on to it, missing a wiki, 
uh, algebra and man it took took some time but once I finally learned it it, it was the most enjoyable thing that because you, you one problem can last you 15 minutes and yeah. once your head's down you're just lost in you're not thinking about any you're just lost in it and to complete that it was the most enjoyable thing that I'd ever uh dealt with and it's just about life too uh just you know starting off and that getting the plan together, knowing what you have to do and executing it before it all can to become tangible. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you have to take it one step at a time. You can't rush it. You know, it's nothing fun in rushing anything and trying to be successful at it. It's just, you have no, for me, I just like to, I like the office and to be authentic and uh, to feel it. And to make sure it's going to happen and go through it because I can't trust anything else when you have a life of things uh, failing for you and not happening. So uh, you have to go through these things and to to make sure it's executed the proper way. So I'm thinking about when you're visiting the Big Oak uh, Boys Ranch down um, down in Alabama and you meet Kennedy. Right. Kennedy would have read through you if you weren't real. Oh, 100%. In two seconds. And that's that's the thing. When you're dealing with kids that have been through things, if you're not honest and you're not real and you're not who you are, there's no sense of you even bothering trying because you're not going to ever win their their attention or their support. No. It, it's, when you're coming from that kind of background, you've been through so much already, yeah. so much failure, so many people giving up on you, nobody feeling not wanted all the time. So – and – People are they're in and out of your lives. Uh, so many changing and moving parts at all times, and you need that. Like I said earlier, authentic person, someone who has been through what you've gone through, who who can recognize the potential that's in you, yeah. and let you know and be truthful what it takes to get to where you want to go. Because other than that, it's it's so it's. Kids shouldn't go through those things and have to battle and worry every day. And it's like I said, if I was, when I was Kennedy age, even though he was a little older than me, he needed me. I needed me to come back and let me know the things that I let him know so he can just rest at night and not have to get up and be on edge and worry about, the next steps, if the next steps are even happening in his life. So it's very important. It, it comes down to being consistent, being that consistent presence. That's all it takes right there. And it it starts it starts early on. Of course, you need your mom, you need your dad. But if you can find someone who's going to be a consistent presence and is speaking positivity in your life every day and someone you can count on, I mean, you'll change so many lives, and you're in, you'll you'll be close to end poverty, close to correcting the educational system, and all kinds of things will change if you can be a consistent presence in someone's life. That's right. That's it's been proven that if a child has somebody in their life, it doesn't have to be a parent, like you said, somebody that cares for them, that believes in them, that loves them, then they they're going to escape 
all the trauma and down the road and everything else. And that's exactly what you're doing. Remember today at five o'clock at Lemuria Books here in Jackson, Michael Orr is going to be signing books. You're going to love this guy. You're going to love meeting him as well. <laughs> Don Yeager helped you with the book as well. He's a longtime associate editor at Sports Illustrated. He's written a bunch of stuff. Good guy. I'm glad you got to work with him. No, he does a great job. I also had uh, uh, another friend of mine, uh, Walker Petty. He yeah. helped me because uh, I started this book a while ago. Yeah. And uh got to give him some credit. And I put it on the pause for a little bit and got to give Walker some credit for helping me finally getting it done uh, last year. And uh, it's been tremendous. Just – going through it and it can help, you know, it's not just uh, young people, but if you're going through things and it's like I said, going back when, when things go off course, it's because the fundamentals that you once had when you started, whatever you started, you got away from them yeah. and everything that helped me. And I, I you kind of get away from things, but you got to go back to, it's making the simple things great, doing it over and over and over again, and it, it makes it it makes it worthwhile. Definitely as well. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio, and we have in the studio a very very special guest, Michael Michael Orr. Uh, the book is When Your Back's Against the Wall, Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity. He'll be signing today at Lemuria Bookstore. That's at five o'clock today in Jackson. Okay, Ole Miss fans, uh, if you're in the Oxford area as well, he'll be at world-famous Square Books tomorrow in Oxford, same time, 5 o'clock as well. 5 o'clock's always a good time to have a book signing. Um, I can give you a quick book review on the book. Number one, you learn a lot about who Michael Orr really is. Um, and, and Look, Blindside, nice book, nice movie, obviously won an Oscar, yay. You didn't really get a sense of what makes Michael Orr tick when you see that. Um, in fact, the thing that got me was you were having like questions from even the football teams thinking you couldn't read because yeah. of that. And I know that was tough for you to get past. Yeah, kids this, couldn't read and write. Yeah, yeah. which you obviously can because I'm reading a no. book that you wrote. So, <laughs> well, you, no, you it goes read. back to, uh, yeah, when you have something like that that comes out, you know, the blind side, the book came out in 2000 while I was at, in college. So to have something about you that you can't read and write is not good uh, going into a locker room especially an NFL locker room. You got general managers, you have coaches. And if you know anything about the NFL and you know the mentality that you have to have, that's something that you don't right. want to have out on you. And for me as a person, you read some of this, I've always t I took pride early on in just knowing how to – just being different from everyone around me. So second grade, I did second, third grade in elementary doing – speeches and uh school plays and just uh wait a minute you're telling me you weren't shy no i was no, i'm been, shocked i was uh, like yeah. wait a minute you're sitting here running football <laughs> smack on me no, but no I no uh so it to, to have that uh happen to you i wouldn't wish it on anybody especially if, if you're um trying to reach the levels of my profession and just me as a person you know to be called be labeled because it brings now you, your personality change changes completely when you're going out to meet someone or you get anxiety about talking to someone and you know what this book right here is doing for me is taking me back to who I was before all of this and being that great that person who's you know laughing and wants to want to be around people and uh, just letting people know that 
even another thing, letting, letting young people, the generation behind me know that, hey, whatever you see in the movie or books you've read, you have to understand what it took for me to be this 18-year-old kid when this story started to take shape and the things that I went through and had to go through to get to that point just from three years old to 18 when I moved in with the Tui's family, who uh, I'm grateful for for letting me uh, stay my senior year there. But you have to understand, and I was an All-American football player before I moved in with him, but you have to understand what it took for me to get to that point. Right. And you get every all from that point prior, you get everything taken away from you, your hard work. And that's what I want to let the young people and the generations or whoever know that uh, you can get things done, like you said, like I said, with some want to. And it's simple, but look at yourself in the mirror. And I started that at 11, 12 years old. That's and one of the steps, by the way, in the that's playbook. A, yeah, it's one yeah, of, that's one of, the prim- that's huge, one by of the my way. principles uh, in the playbooks, yeah. looking yourself in the mirror. And I started that early on and underst- telling myself that the people around you, they're, they're, in a, they're in the situation that you're in or even worse. So they can't come and help you. They can't save you. They can't. You can't put your problems on them. Because, I mean, it's not going to do anybody any good. And I was just telling myself, it's going to be up to you to change the narrative and take yourself to places that you never could imagine. And that's that was being another principle in the playbook is, you know, being relentlessly positive. Exactly. And, and exactly. Having to my attitude and preparation effort, I. I Every day I jumped up out the bed. When the alarm clock went off, I made sure that I didn't lay around. I hopped up and I, you know, I had a sense of urgency about me. I walked around like I was running. And those are some of the principles that was missed and that I hate that uh, got lost in everything. And it, you know, took away from who I was and, you know, a little bit. Uh, you know, hurtful at times, but you continue to get through it. And we're here now, and that's the most important thing. Well, I mean, thing. The, the thing was a double-edged sword, right? So you had the hurtful part, but you also had the, the momentum that it gave you, and obviously— um, the, the position. Yeah, it gave you I'm a honored, I'm honored to be in yeah, the position right. that I'm in right now. Oh, my God. Uh, without you, it. Seriously, when you come back on the show in 10 years, you know, <laughs> I will probably be really old. Um, you're going to help so many kids. It's unbelievable because of the momentum that literally when your story got out there and now this book is out there and people are seeing the interviews and they're getting to know that you have literally got a heart of a lion, right? That you're not a Detroit lion, thank God, right? So, <laughs> no. But you got a heart of a lion and yeah. you're, you're pushing That's through. That's most important. And you now, um, because, you know, you had a concussion that nearly it kept you in the bed for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, that was in the dark. Folks, I, mean, I can't tell you enough. You go through a concussion. That is one of the worst things that you'll ever go through because you literally robbed you of everything. But you plowed through that. And now because of people like Matt Burke and because of, you know, I'm just going through some of these names that are in this book. And folks, really, honestly, (laughs) you realize that, number one, if you had been down in your dumps about everything that had happened, if you'd had a frowny face, if you'd have been um, like a flatulence in an elevator where nobody could get away from you, but they (laughs) wanted to. Right. Right. None of these good things would have been happening. 
No, uh, you can't. I right. could. I knew I couldn't dwell on those things yeah. in order so. for me to get out of the tough times. You just yeah. can't do it. Uh, and of course, you're not going to be happy go lucky, happy go lucky all the time, and be positive. But the thing you have to do is be consistent. Yeah. You have to be disciplined in order to accomplish those things, and you know everything else will will happen and, and uh, take its uh, shape. But uh, you, you you have to be able to think um, that you're special. Yeah. And you have to, for me that's these are the things I put in my mind and and and, and help me to um when you I could have get, given up numerous times but you have to be like I said relentless, relentlessly positive. Well, thank God you didn't cuz you know, hey, I get to meet you and this is incredibly cool and you've inspired me and your nine steps in your book literally helped me pull out of surgery and here I am five days later sitting here talking to you. That's how <laughs> incredible that, I mean, to even think that you can have like that kind of surgery and be doing this. Yay, thank you. Man, you're tougher than a nail. You're probably one of the toughest, probably the toughest in Mississippi. Five days, vocal, vocal cord and chains. Yeah, and no Jesus problem. Spinal God. stuff is great. Wow. It's good. And I get free Wi-Fi. All the titanium is good stuff. It's, it's really good. <laughs> uh, fantastic Bars as well. Bars always there. How can folks find out about the foundation? Uh, or foundation.org. Yeah. Uh, go there and uh, we have steps to let you know how you can help and how you can support us and uh, help us continue to grow and reach the young people that we're trying to reach. And I, for me, education is the most powerful tool behind everything. And without that, success is limitless uh, with uh, great education. I saw, you know, once I got out to Briarcrest and started to be around other like-minded people who wanted a great education, wanted to go to college. And yeah. I started to learn about life and it, it just changes the narrative. It changes. That's the true definition of changing the trajectory of someone's life is, you know, education is so powerful. We, we talked about a little bit out in the waiting room, in the green room, you know, the first half of your career is obviously about your career, about football and about getting to where he is. Now it's about your soul, and you're going to save a lot of souls. And uh, congratulations. That's, I'm, I'm, that's yeah. incredible. That's, I, I love that quote. I told you I'm going to steal that and tweet that. I love, I mean, I'm that's, honored. And chasing a soul and being authentic to who you are yeah. is the, the most important uh, tool that you can ever have because, for me, you feel like you left. It's kind of like playing football. You don't want to feel like you've left some on the field that's when right. you haven't given it your all. And man, that's the most that 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 right there is what you'll regret more than anything. When you feel like, man, I left I left a championship on the out there on the field and didn't give it my all. And now after the game, it it's so funny when you're playing football when you chasing the championship, then you lose that game. The season has went it went by faster than anything every single time because you're thinking I could have done more. I could have done more. Well, just and to kind of give everybody an idea cuz like I said we got about 30 seconds left. You started 110 games. You played 110 games. That just tells including you that. 12 playoffs, so 122 yeah. out of 122. Yeah. So you left it out there on the field, definitely. <laughs> I, I gave him my – I don't regret it at all, mentally and physically. So you have to give it your all and to get to where you want to go. Michael, this has been a treat. 
Really has. Thank, thank, thank you. you I'm really honored to get to meet you. It's been a great conversation too. No, it's been fantastic. It's good stuff. You're you uh, you've got a future in this too. So to just to let you know. Wow. That. I, I, you're a good storyteller. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you got a story. I, you're I'm going to take you up on that then. Okay. Well, talk to Jermaine. She's the boss. Here, <laughs> we'll not do. Me. Yeah, I'm definitely not the boss. Uh, <laughs> signing tonight, five o'clock. Lemuria Books here in Jackson. Yep. Signing tomorrow at your Square Books up in Oxford, which is a very very special place to you. So you're going to get to see a lot of friends and family is up there yeah. as well. Howdy, So that's great. Um, that's it. All right. That's it. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you all for having me. Mississippi. Glad to be back. Looking forward to everyone coming out in Jackson. Let's Man, go. This has been an honor. This is great. <laughs> hey, I want to thank you for listening. A special thanks to our special guest, really special, Michael Orr, for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB public media app. Now You're Talking is produced by the incredible, wonderful, and awesome Jermaine Flood. Join us next Monday, 10 a.m. right here. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have an awesome week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.